Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye. We have a number of people who are going to be talking with today. We also have some people who are on the line that's going to be checking out the program for the duration. We're on the air live. I want to let everybody know we're coordinating the program still. And we do have Hayward Evans and Claude on. I think Lanisha and the gang will be joining us soon. We also will have uh, April Sims, the secretary treasurer of the Washington State Labor Council. She's one of the five redistricting uh, commissioners who are carving up these legislative districts. Uh, some people are happy with it. Other people are not. Uh, so we will also be talking with uh, Lanisha DeBartolomew and some of her staff about the uh, monumental work they're doing on commemorating the 60th anniversary of uh, Dr. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s only visit to Seattle. Uh, we should be having Representative Santos on, but that's one thing you have to coordinate the thing while, even while you're on the air to make sure you, uh, our listeners get uh, the information they need to make decisions that we have responsible folks like Representative Santos, who uh, sponsored House Bill 1918 that created uh, the uh, Central District uh, Community Preservation and Development Authority. And uh, so do we have uh, Representative Santos on? Yes, you do. Okay, so you didn't want us to see you, huh? Well, I'm uh, for some reason I'm having a problem, so I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, since I know time is short, I thought it would be better for me to at least get on with you rather than to try and figure out what's wrong with me. Oh, that's quite all right, because we, we, we know you have six more meetings, uh, one back to back to back, and we appreciate all the work you've been doing. And, you know, we're going to have... Uh, uh, April Sims on after you. She's a secretary treasurer, as you know, of the Washington State Labor Council and one of the five members of the Washington State Redistricting Commission. Uh, we, I talked to Will Hauser, uh, chair of the Commission on African American Affairs earlier. And this is another, he's been following this very intently as well. So I was just wanted you to share with our listeners uh, what does it look like to you? Uh, what is going to happen to your district? Has any final decisions been made about how they're going to carve up the 37th? Uh, why don't you share that with our listeners? Sure, uh, and thank you so much um, for uh, giving me this opportunity to speak to you again and to share with your listening audience some of the things that um, are of concern to me as the representative of the 37th Legislative District on behalf of my constituents, and so um, to also share them uh, with your uh, audience so they have a better understanding of why I might be concerned. Uh, first of all, uh, as you will hear more from Commissioner Sims, um, redistricting is an activity that is required to take place after the census, um, which of course is another requirement, uh, an enumeration of the people of the United States. Um, and. Uh, there's, of course, a long, uh, twisted history about who counts in a census, in a census, and for how much of a person uh, throughout history. But we won't go through that uh, right at the moment. Where we are now is, I think, as people of color, we are continuing to try and um, ensure that we are fully counted uh, in not just the census but in the way maps are drawn to represent the will of the people. And so the exercise that the um, redistricting commission, and this is going on all across the country, um, is to figure out how do you apportion um, the uh, people into geographic um, uh, uh, shapes, I suppose, uh, that then um, represent a voice in the legislature, in Congress, um, and of course at the counties and the cities. Um, one of the things that we knew going into this is that the uh, 37th legislative district um, was going to have to uh, shed some people because we had so many, so much growth in the 37th legislative district. We were going to have to lose about 2,000 people. Um, so uh, in order to make sure that all legislative districts have uh, a, an approximately equivalent number of people. And this is people, not registered voters, not citizens. This is people. Uh, the second um, uh, 
thing that I would say is that 2000, given the level of growth that occurred in Seattle and King County over the past 10 years, actually isn't that much. Um, compared to, uh, if you look at the current lines of, say, I think it's the 46 uh, or the 36, where they may have to grow by 20,000 uh, people. That is a significant, or excuse me, not grow, lose 20,000 people. That is a significant part of uh, the district that needs to be cut off. Um, the, the redistricting commission has five commissioners, uh, four of which uh, represent each of the legislative corners, meaning uh, Senate and House Democrats, Senate and House Republicans. The fifth member is uh, chosen by those four as an independent non-voting member. The task of the commission is to adopt a single map by November, I think it's 18th, and um, uh, right now, each of the commissioners uh, who are representing the four corners of the legislature has their own map. One of the things that we understand that um, the Democrats were trying to make sure that we did was to um, create more opportunities uh, for people of color to be represented in Olympia by uh, creating more what we call majority-minority districts. In other words, the number of people of color uh, are greater than the number of the white population in any given district. Um, and um, uh, there is a trade-off, however, to that. And I think that that's what I'm facing in my district, which is historically for the last 20 three years that I've been in the legislature, the 37th legislative district has been uh, the most um, uh, represented in terms of people of color. Another way to say that is we had the smallest proportion of white people of any legislative district in the state. That has been historically true. That is no longer true in uh, several of the maps. Um, and in, that includes uh, some of the Democratic maps. Um, and the reason for that is this. In order to increase the number of majority-minority districts, one must dilute the presence of the minorities in those existing majority-minority districts in order to achieve a greater number overall of uh, those districts. The consequence is, depending on whose map you're looking at, I um, am um, either potentially going to lose parts or all of the Chinatown International District. Uh, in uh, other maps, I lose all or part of uh, Skyway West Hill, which is, of course, in King County, um, the most densely um, populated black, it has the most dense black population per capita in King County, um, and I would lose that, um, that district. And um, I think in almost, uh, not almost, I think in three of the maps, um, I lose uh, all of Renton. So um, um, those are not the areas where I expected to lose. Um, where I am really surprised is that uh, one of the things, again, because we're trying to dilute, or some of the commissioners are trying to dilute the number of people of color in the 37th district, it's one way to do that is to um, hold on to as much of your existing base of people of color, but adding more white um, residents into the district. So at least one map has me uh, has the 37th district creeping up into uh, First Hill, Capitol Hill, um, at the loss of the South End. So those are some of the really the interesting things. I really encourage people to go and take a look at the maps um, and to register their comments with the commissioners um, about uh, where you see um, your interests being best served. Um, I certainly have my own opinions, but um, I think it's more important for the commissioners to hear directly uh, from um, uh, the constituents themselves. Um, with that, I know uh, we don't have a lot of time. I'm just wondering if you have any questions, Eddie, um, in my last minute. 
Well, I tell you what, I'll, I'll see if Claude or Hayward Evans have, they're both on the line, MLK Commemoration Committee and King County Labor Council and uh, the NAACP. So uh, Hayward, you and uh, Claude have an opportunity to ask one question before we move on. Uh, Representative Santos, first, it's great hearing from you. Uh, have you laid out a structure for like you would like to see the district? Because when you said the rent might be out of it, you know, I had to move the rent because of gentrification now. I like being in your district. I like you representing me. So what can I do and how can I look up those maps? I thank you, uh, Hayward. I, and let me be clear. I love representing you as well. <laughs> I have a lot of history with uh, Renton that dates back to, you know, my own childhood and youth. But uh, we won't go there. Um, uh, again, I think the most important piece is to uh, take a look at the maps and contact the commission. Um, I do think that, uh, again, um, there are a number of ways for the 37th Legislative District to lose 2,000 people that don't necessarily mean losing some of the key uh, parts of our district that have um, a longstanding uh, connection to one another, especially our communities of color. This is the territory where the Gang of Four roamed. And um, to start cutting off those elements, uh, I think, is in some ways um, dishonoring um, the legacy of the Gang of Four. Okay. Uh, okay, Claude, go ahead with your question. I'm on the Skyway Coalition with uh, co uh, Council King County Councilman uh, Gurmai. And what he had the folks do, because they were going to uh, take some of uh, District 2, that he is representing uh, away. And what we did was that we wrote letters to the commissioners to ask that uh, uh, council member Gurmai stay within the district and, I, and what you were saying, and I think that's a fact, we should be able to write to commissioners to make sure that you are not removed from certain parts of the Skyway area or parts of the district. So okay, uh, that, Claude, with, 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 that, with that speech, I'm sorry, we have to go. We got April Sims standing by, and so we're, we're really encroaching on our time. We can, we'll have Representative Santos back on here so we can develop some strategy. But right now, if we can go to uh, 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 Commissioner April Sims, we'd appreciate that. Representative Santos, thank you very much. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Same goes back to you. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. Commissioner Sims, are you on board? I'm here. How are you? Oh, just fine. Uh, we have uh, Hayward Evans and Claude Burfick also on the line with us. Uh, Representative Santos just gave us a, 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 a overview of uh, she saw the uh, pros and cons of the certain maps. And okay. since you're at the table, we'd like to have you talk about, uh, if you could, uh, your role as a commissioner. And uh, we know that uh, both the Democrats and Republicans are uh, represented uh, on the commission with the independent person who's a chair, non-voting chair. So why don't you just share with us a little bit about that experience and how we've arrived at certain maps? Sure. Um, well, I was appointed by the House Democrats. Um, each uh, chamber uh, appoints one voting member of the commission. So like you mentioned, there are two Democratic appointees, two Republican appointees. We each released our draft legislative maps on the 21st and our draft congressional maps on the 28th. Um, we are in the process of collecting feedback and getting um, public comment and input on the impacts of these draft maps and um, have started the process of you know, some, some negotiations so that we can end up with a final map uh, by November 15th, which is our deadline. And uh, that's great. Uh, since I cut my colleague, uh, Claude Burfikoff, uh, who was uh, intricately involved uh, with the King County Labor Council and the NAACP, and also with the Skyway Coalition. I want us to go back to Claude and see if he has any questions or comments for Commissioner Sims. Are, are you with us, Brother Claude? Yeah, I'm here. Go I ahead. was asking uh, um, Representative Santos a question regarding redistricting and uh, in the 37th Legislative District, and uh, I had talked uh, a little bit about 
uh, the county council, uh, which I'm, you know, 37th and uh, District 2, McCain County. And what uh, I wanted to know is that the county council uh, had uh, the people in the district write a letter to the commissioners within this area to make sure that they don't leave uh, because they were talking about taking parts of uh, Skyway and, 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 and they become a part of Renton. So, you know, we sent letters. Now, is that the appropriate way that we should do it if we want to make sure that the district remains the same or, or do we write to the commissioners or what do we do to yes. support well, the commissioner's on the line. Go right ahead, Commissioner yeah. Sims. Yeah, great question, Claude. Um, and it's good to hear you. How you doing? Uh, How you doing? Uh, How you doing, April? <laughs> doing April and I go back a long way. We go way back, indeed. Uh, so it's good to hear you on the on the show. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a number of different ways to provide feedback. We did hear some comment on Tuesday night uh, from some folks who indicated that you know having having Skyway. Um, drawn out of uh, the 37th district is problematic. And so that's really good feedback to get. I think, um, you know, we're all looking at, we're all taking the feedback to heart. At least I am. I can't speak for the other, all of the other members of the commission, but I know Commissioner Walkinshaw and I are um, really interested in the feedback and taking it all to heart. Uh, so a number of different ways that your listeners can provide feedback. You can either go to redistricting.wa.gov you can click on any of the commissioner's draft maps, um, click in the spot where you uh, want to provide feedback and, you know, provide your feedback that way. You can give, you know, public comment. Uh, we have public comment on Tuesday night. We'll be hearing public comment on the congressional maps on Saturday starting at 10 o'clock, and you can sign up to um, provide that comment by going to redistricting.wa.gov. You can send an email into the commission. You can call and leave a voicemail. You can, you know, send in your own versions of maps. There's a mapping tool available on the website that folks can play around with. And if they have an idea for a specific district, um, they can do that through the mapping tool. So lots of uh, lots of ways for folks to provide feedback. Thank you. Thank you. Heywood, do you have a question or comment yeah. for Commissioner Sims? Uh, yes, uh, Commissioner Sims, first of all, it's good hearing your voice, and thank you for all your hard work. Boy, we need people like you in leadership, waiting for you to be the president of Washington State Labor Council in the future, but that's just, that's just me. In terms of the mapping itself, uh, have you come up with a plan to make sure that we're going to have, or do you see us having extra districts or more minority representation at the end of this process? Yeah, Hayward, that, I love that question, um, and it's good to hear you, too, and thanks for all your support, brother. I appreciate it. I really do. Um, you know, my map draws nine majority-minority districts based on voting age population. Um, when the last maps were drawn in 2011, those maps created two majority-minority districts, and over time, and because the growth of minority populations in our state, we now have five majority minority districts. So my map and uh, Brady Walkinshaw's map both increase the number of majority minority districts. Uh, my map makes all of South King County, all four of the districts in South King County majority minority, um, as well as the 37th. So in my map, the 37th, the 11th, the 33rd, 47th, and 30th are all majority minority maps. And I think that, you know, making sure that we can be represented um, in our government is crucial. I'm the first you know, black woman to serve on the redistricting commission. And it is really important to me that uh, the values and the voice of my community is reflected and articulated in our final map. And that includes more majority minority districts. Oh, thank, thank you. That's absolutely fantastic. Again, we're lucky we have you there. Well, when are the final maps due? When are the final maps due? Oh, final maps are due November 15th. Uh, three of the four voting commissioners have to agree on the final maps. And if we are unable to reach agreement, then the process is turned over to our Supreme Court. 
but I'm, you know, optimistic and committed to making sure that, you know, we are able to do our job as commissioners and come up with a with a map that we can agree to. And then the, the provided we um, provided we negotiate final maps by November 15th, that then those maps then go to the legislature. The legislature has 30 days from the start of the session to adopt the maps as agreed to by the commissioners. They can make some minor changes to the map. They can uh, change a district by no more than 2%, and that requires a two-thirds majority of the legislature in order to do that. So the maps, as the four voting commissioners agree to them, are you know as close to final as, as possible. And you said the best way for citizens to have input is to, to contact the five commissioners directly and also go on and uh, once again, can you explain how they can go in and, and uh, reconfigure a map or give recommendations for how a map should be looking? Yeah, um, I'm really excited about our website and how interactive it is. So folks can go to redistricting.wa.gov. Um, you can click on the draft maps. You can play around with the different versions and the different drafts that the voting commissioners have proposed click directly into a map uh, to provide feedback. You uh, can send an email through the website to provide feedback. You can leave a voicemail. You can even send in video, um, video testimony or video comment. You can come to one of our open public meetings and provide comments and feedback that way. And uh, through the website, there's an interactive tool that you can use to draw your law, which is to, you know, Provide us with feedback if there's a specific district that you think should be drawn a certain way. Uh, that's really helpful feedback. Okay. And, you know, Commissioner Sims, we've got to have you on before the, the 15th to make sure the maximum number of people who uh, can participate uh, in this process of either writing and making sure they don't get written in or getting written out. So we really appreciate your time today. And once again, do you have that contact information for the commission for citizens to be able to have input? Absolutely. Go to redistricting.wa.gov. And it is a pleasure to be on your show, a pleasure to talk about the work of the redistricting commission, and I would be honored to come back anytime. Well, thank you very much. We certainly will be extending you that invitation. So thank you very much, Commissioner Sims. Okay, we're going to take... All right, thank you. So we're going to take a quick break and come back with uh, Claude Burfick, uh, Hayward Evans, and Eddie Rye after this break. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. 
All right, Eddie Ryan back at Urban Forum Northwest with my uh, my sidekicks and co-hosts, Haywood Evans and Claude Burfick, uh, as we embark upon this uh, election season. As a matter of fact, our next guest is a candidate for uh, uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. County Executive's position, uh, State Senator Joe Wynn from the 34th District. So, Joe, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. And I want to go ahead and, you know, we got a deal. We have to hear about the same amount of time. So you got two minutes to do an opening statement. Then Hayward Evans and Claude Burfick and I will ask you some questions. And then you'll have two minutes to tell us why you're the most qualified for the position of King County Executive. So uh, thank you very much for your time today, sir. And go ahead and address our listeners. Perfect. Hey, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm Senator Joe Wynn. I was born and raised in White Center. My parents are refugees who were fleeing Vietnam. And this community truly raised me. And this is where uh, my family is from. This is where, obviously, we live right now. And one of the reasons why I got involved in politics in the first place was because my family struggled when we were growing up. My father was in a car accident when I was in the, in the first grade. And I had vivid memories of having to carry him up and down the front steps of our house in order to get him to doctor's appointments. And one day, one of our neighbors came by and said, hey, why are you carrying him up and down the stairs? Why don't you have a ramp? And to be honest, we couldn't afford one. So one of the weekends uh, later, he came by with his friends and built one for us. That's the community that is King Martin Luther King County. That's the community that raised me. And that's why I've been so dedicated and wanted to give back here as well. And candidly, I'm impatient. And as a person who's been impacted by bad policies, being from South King County, I've seen what happens when our leaders ignore the communities that they are supposed to serve. So when I first ran for office, it was because I was frustrated with having to advocate for the things that were important to us. And now, instead, wanted to be in a position of power to actually create change. And this legislature we've seen is the most diverse legislature in the history of Washington state, passing transformative policies to actually serve our communities. That type of energy and engagement is what we need at the county level as well. And that's why I'm running for King County Exec. And it's because of this race, I truly believe that this seat is pivotal to the success of the future of this county and the people in it. And the very fact that I'm running in this race shows that I'm unafraid of tackling big issues because we can't wait around for the status quo to solve problems that have been plaguing us for decades, especially by leaders who've been in office during that entire time. So for me, right now, it's not about politics. It's about getting things done because people need our help right now. So thank you so much. Looking forward to answering your questions as well. I'm happy to, to keep the conversation going even after this. Uh, Senator Wynn, one of the major issues in uh the community that I identify as uh, African descendants of the United States enslaved, the folks that's been here 400 years. Uh, we look at the disparity studies and we're just not doing very well in any uh, arena, city, county, or the state. And I was just wondering what kind of uh, proposals would you have to make ensure there's inclusion of all folks, especially African descendants of the United States enslaved, who seem to be doing the worst of, of any of the groups. So I just wanted your comment on that before I go to my colleagues to have them with their questions. Go right ahead. Yeah, one of the first things that I worked on in the legislature was I-1000. Eddie, I, I saw you during those conversations as well. And when that was put onto the ballot, I was one of the first people to sign that ballot initiative because they were using the same print shop as I was. So as they were leaving the print shop, I was walking in, I was able to sign it. So for me, the way that we can flex our muscles at the state, but even at the county level, is making sure that we have equity in contracting. I believe that talent is universal, but opportunity is not. And when you look at the ways that some of these contracts are set up, it excludes people who have plenty of potential and plenty of uh, skills to be able to actually get some of these things done. So I fought for I-1000 at the legislature. Unfortunately, it didn't pass at the ballot, but it was important to make sure that we're prioritizing the voices of the communities that are out there right now. And you probably saw that report, King County, uh, despite what it says in terms of wanting to have more equity in contracting, simply are not living up to that standards over the past few decades or a uh, past decade. So to me, I think that's one of the biggest things that we can do is ensure that we have equitable contracting at the county. The other things that we can be doing is have an office of economic development as well, because I think building wealth for communities that have had wealth taken from them is one of the most important things that we should be doing. And the fact that King County is the 12th largest county in the entire United States, bigger than 14 states, and there's no Office of Economic Development, how else are you going to try to focus that energy and effort to actually build these communities in a way that is prosperous for everybody? So that's one of the first things that we can do. And that looks like a whole host of things. We can be doing um, uh, 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 an office that helps with the technical implementation for a small business. We can help get long-term 
uh, leases for small businesses. Some of them are being done right now. We can try to leverage the expertise so that way people in these communities are able to showcase their talent and their work without having to get bogged down by the bureaucracy as well. So we need to make more investments in that space. I want to see if Hayward or Claude Burphy, Hayward Evans or Claude Burphy go on the line. I want to see if either one of them has a question. Yes, uh, I would like to ask uh, Senator Wynn, uh, and I want to talk about police reform. And as you know, on July 28th, several new police accountability bills went into effect in Washington State, changing some of the ways police officers can interact with the public, in particular House Bill 1310, which is the new use of force and uh, House Bill 1054, use of uh, certain police tactics. And we talk about uh, such as police pursuit or vehicle pursuit and neck restraints. What are your take on the two bills and what can you add uh, in support or do you believe the bills are too harsh? I, I don't believe the bills are too harsh. In fact, I think we probably need to work more in terms of how do we ensure what public safety looks like so that everybody involved is safe. Uh, so I worked with Rep. Johnson on those bills. I even had one on, on arbitration as well to hold folks accountable after the fact. I think what was telling that there was a report that was done by SPD. So SPD commissioned a report that basically looked at the responses that they've had to have over the past few years. And the vast majority of the responses from SPD did not require an officer with a gun. It wasn't for, say, for instance, a criminal act. Um, to me, what we should be doing is rethinking what public safety could look like in that space. And how do we do it in a way that's more humane, that's also more effective? Obviously, the current system does not work for many people. Uh, and for us to be able to have the opportunity to change that is key, especially in King County, right? Because they're going to be able to pick the next sheriff. So in my mind, we should have a different paradigm, uh, a one where we're able to have different tiers of responses. So if somebody's having a behavioral mental health crisis, you send professionals there and not somebody with a gun. If something is just a wellness check, just have some community service officer without a gun, right? There's very few instances in which you need law enforcement with a gun to show up on scene. And I think that's where we need to be moving as well, because these are guardians and not warriors of our communities. So I think that there's been a lot of great stuff done in the legislature over the past couple of years, but that's just the first step. Uh, we have to be able to implement models uh, that, that can transform the way that this culture has behaved since its inception. And, and, for, and for me, Senator Wynn, I just want people to know that you're the one who came up with that facial recognition to put, put some restrictions on that. But exactly. I'm going I'm to digress and go back to what Eddie was saying. In terms of guaranteeing, particularly descendants of the African enslaved here in the, uh, in the county get some of those contracts, because right now it's, it's literally dismal. And from it's the uh, Office of what is Office of Financial and Economics Development from King County, said that, that the descendants of the enslaved have 5% wealth of what white folks have here. Yeah. 23,000 versus 495,000. How yeah. are we going to address that? Will you support having a community-based commission that's assisting in developing programs that are getting people contracts and jobs? Oh, 100%. Let, let me say, this will be his two-minute closing statement answering that question because other candidates are listening and we got to make sure we get treated everybody the same way because, you know, our brothers get treated differently. Go ahead, <laughs> Senator Wynn. Like what I said, talent is universal, but opportunity is not. And people who create systems of power, oftentimes uh, the people who get to partake reflect that system of power. So if you're a community that's been left out of that community, you're obviously not going to be able to get that access as well. I think we have to be proactive in the ways that we uh, address contracting to ensure that equity is baked into it and not just have a press conference and then don't follow through. I think we need to be able to uh, support our business communities and the African-American community by having resources to help navigate the, the bureaucracy that's involved there so people can showcase their talents. I believe that we need to make investments, whether it's in land transfer, but generate wealth for these communities as well. So I think the county is well positioned to serve in these particular spaces and it hasn't for a long time, but kind of in my closing statements, truly what I believe is that politics is about people and not careers. And right now we need leaders who are willing to be engaged and will listen because the status quo is not working for us, right? So my experience in the public sector, in tech, in startups, my career in the state Senate, my lived experience as a person of color in South King County, I think make me uniquely qualified to serve, especially at this moment. And we've had numerous debates at this point 
Like I feel very confident in my ability to lead on day one. And it's largely because of the relationships we've built over the years to serve the people in King County. Senator Joe Wynn, thank you very much for your time today. And uh, I know that our listeners, this program will repeat on Saturday, 7 o'clock a.m. to 8 a.m. It also will be archived on the UrbanForumNW.com website. So those folks who didn't hear you, your positions, and I'm sure you've been all across the county talking about what your positions are, but they can go to UrbanForumNW.com and hear uh, your comments. So thank you very much, sir, for your time today. We appreciate you. Have a good day. Okay, okay. good luck to you. Okay, uh, we have uh, Lanisha de Bartleman from... Uh, uh, the Northwest African American Museum. We're also going to have Will Housel. I don't know if any one of them has joined us yet, but uh, I just want to let everybody know that uh, Eddie Rye, Urban Forum Northwest, and also let me give a shout out to the folks that help pay the bills, and that would be the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, me and Rice, and Lawrence Coleman, the City of Seattle Purchase and Construction Services Office, Liz Alzier, Carol Wong, and company. Sound Trance's labor, chief labor officer is Leslie Jones, and uh, the civil rights chief is John T. Robinson. And want to also thank uh, Stephanie Ogle for doing our technology. And our supporters still are Concourse Concessions and SeaTac Bar Group LLC uh, out at uh, Seattle Tacoma National Airport. So do we get Miss Lanisha on yet or Will Hauser? Hello there, Eddie. This is Lanisha. Okay, Lanisha, uh, we have Claude Murphy from the King County Labor Council, the NAACP, and you know Hayward Evans with the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee. They're both on with us. So why don't you go ahead and let our folks know about the the sixth the commemorating commemoration of the 60th anniversary of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s only visit to Seattle. Yes. Well, hi there, Mr. Claude. Hi there, Mr. Hayward. Hey, and hello to our regional hey, community. Hello. You know, the Northwest African American Museum is really uh, honored and delighted to help uh, bring a three-day commemoration to life because 2021 marks the 60th anniversary of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s 1961 visit to Seattle. And we are working with a wide variety of community leaders and sponsors to commemorate that historic visit. And it will culminate with a community conversation with Dr. King's eldest son, Martin Luther King III, speaking from the very same Seattle stage as his beloved father exactly 60 years later. When we think about Dr. King's life, he was really a servant of humanity. He was a Baptist pastor. He was a father, a husband, a fraternity brother. He was a four-time book author, and during this three-day commemoration, we're going to lift up and celebrate all of those aspects of Dr. King's life. He brought all of that with him when he came to Seattle in November of 1961. And he was all about love and equity. He was all about fair wages, all about justice. And so his messages are needed now more than ever in our regional community. Dr. King always talked about the fierce urgency of now. And as we look around, uh, that same fierce urgency is still among us. And so we're just honored that uh, Lenny Wilkins is the honorary chair of this event, and NAM has organized a 40-person planning committee that includes so many community leaders, such as you, Eddie, you, Hayward, so many others. And uh, we encourage the entire community to learn about this event on NAM's website and to mark their calendars for November 6th, 7th, and 8th of this year. And I put the wrong dates on, on, on your Facebook page. I mean, on my Facebook page. I better correct that right away. Let's do correct Now, Lanisha, you also have... Do, do you have some staff on as well that's doing a lot of that work? Because you guys have been doing an outstanding job in organizing this whole event. Oh, thank you so much, Eddie. Yes, you know, we, we remember the words of Dr. King when he said, you don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. And that is what we have done with this commemoration. It is a monumental uh, event. It has taken a lot of planning, and we're so grateful for the entire 40-person planning committee, and we're grateful for the staff at NAM. We do have our education and engagement director, Rachel Collins, who has uh, been working so hard on the details 
of the three-day event. We have three full days of activities. It will be um, truly inspirational and informative. So we're uh, delighted to hear from Rachel now about what's going to happen during those three days. Hi, can you hear me? Hi, Rachel. Yes, we can. Okay, great. (laughs) So on day one, we have a call to action. So as Lanisha said, we're honoring each day um, different aspects of Dr. King. So on day one, we're going to be honoring Dr. King's legacy of service. And so the event will be lighting the way. And so it's going to be at Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Park from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. And um, to make sure that we are keeping service in mind, we are having a hygiene for humanity supply drive. And uh, along with our opening ceremony. So what we're asking is for people who plan on attending to bring um, unopened um, brand new hygiene products. So that's that's, um, toothbrushes, that's that's deodorant, that's soap, um, anything like that, um, because we will be donating those products to our um, local shelters and local churches. And on day two is a call to inclusion. So we're honoring Dr. King's legacy of spiritual leadership. And so what we will be doing is we're going to have um, writing in the path of Dr. King's bike tour and community prayer. Um, um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to be going to each of the eight spots that Dr. King actually was at. So that's the home of Good Barbecue, Garfield High School, um, University of Washington, Meany Hall, Temple de Hirsch, uh, um, Eagle, um, Olympic Hotel, and, of course, Mount Zion. And then that will be led by our Peace Peloton. Um, and finally, on our last day, uh, we will be having a um, Dr. Um, King's eldest son talking um, and giving a keynote address with some of our local leaders um, about their thoughts of the civil rights movement and also um, opening it up for some questions from from people that are going to be there. Well, uh, that's great. i tell you what, I want you guys to hang on. We have to take a break, and we will be joined by Will Hauser. If he's not on the line already, he'll be on shortly. So hang with us. We're going to take a break, Eric, and we'll come back after the break. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. Eddie Ryback at Urban Forum Northwest. 
We've been joined by Will Hauser, who is uh, the chair of the Washington State Commission on African-American Affairs. Uh, we are also both members of the Tacoma Pierce County Black Collective, and we're also on the committee to commemorate the 60th anniversary of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s only visit to Seattle, being organized by Lanisha de Barleban, the president and CEO of the Northwest African-American Museum, and her tremendous staff are doing an outstanding job on getting that done. So, Will, uh, we have uh, Claude Burfick and Hayward Evans on, Claude from the King County Labor Council, the NAACP, and Hayward Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee and the Washington State Civil Rights Coalition. So, uh, brother, why don't you take a couple of minutes to let people know who you are for the ones that don't know you. Hey, well, my name is Will Halter. I chair the Washington State Commission on African American Affairs. I've been on the commission for going on about four years now. I became chair just about two years ago. Uh, the commission was created about 30 years ago to speak on behalf of the community at the state level to address issues that are near and dear to us in terms of health care, law enforcement accountability, education, you name it. And so what our job is to do is just to go out and, and meet with our legislators and lawmakers, also the heads of uh, uh, different, ca different cabinet heads, and just make sure that the voices of the African-American community is heard. And so I'm thrilled to be a part of this work that we're doing here in the Northwest. Uh, the fact that we're acknowledging Dr. King's visit to the Northwest, I think is tremendous. But it also brings light to something that is going on in our community is that Dr. King's work is, is still not complete. Uh, 60 years ago when Dr. King came here, black men had homes. And now I drive into Seattle, I see a lot of homeless black men. So it's a lot of work that we need to be, that needs to be done, but I'm glad that we're acknowledging Dr. King's visit here and the, and that, and the importance of doing the work and continuing his legacy and being instruments of empowerment in our community. And Will, you do, you, you do an outstanding job uh, there. As a matter of fact, I had to, uh, I, I took your your pick off face of of the uh, of the internet and put that up. But then I, after I got about ready to start the program, I said I don't have Will's contact information. So anyway, I was able to get that from Ed Prince gave me your your information. So I want to thank Ed Prince publicly. He's supposed to be on the program in a couple of weeks as well. So now let's go back to uh, the actual event itself. And Will, why don't you comment on that? You just said the, the purpose and uh, the purpose really is. Uh, past due in terms of uh, uh, us reinvigorating ourselves and uh, fulfilling uh, Dr. King's visions of how, how society should be. Uh, so I wanted to go back to Lanisha as well to say, who are some of the people involved uh, uh, in, in, in terms of the committee? And uh, uh, maybe Rachel can go back in a little more detail on the program and what is needed from my listeners or people that they might work for, or someone they might know that could make a contribution. And how is the fundraising going? Yes, well, I tell you, um, Eddie, this committee is a committee of leaders. We are so grateful for all of the uh, 40 individuals who have volunteered their time to uh, really organize this uh, three-day commemoration. And we have representation from just about all of the sites the, the locations that Dr. King visited in 1961. He was brought to Seattle, of course, by Mount Zion Baptist Church, Reverend Dr. Samuel McKinney. And uh, Reverend Dr. Phyllis Belmonte is a member of the planning committee. Dr. King spoke at Temple de Her Sinai, and we have Rabbi Kate Spitzer, who is on our committee. Dr. King spoke at the University of Washington Meany Hall. We have Three representatives from the University of Washington, Dr. Ed Taylor, Ricky Hall, and Josh Griffin. Dr. King spoke at Garfield High School. He also spoke at a Plymouth. And we are grateful to have Reverend Paul Benz of Faith Action Network. Uh, Dr. King was a clergy, and we are grateful that the United Black Christian Clergy of Seattle is represented with Reverend Larry Willis on the committee. And so we are grateful not just to those leaders, but to the sponsors those organizations that have come on to underwrite this. And uh, those sponsors include Office of Arts and Culture Seattle, Boeing, University of Washington, Alaska Airlines, Seattle Foundation, uh, Starbucks, and so many others. There are opportunities to continue to, uh, to, to sponsor this event, and that information can be found on NAM's webpage. What is that address? That's namnw.org slash MLK60. 
Okay. Uh, Will, I wanted to see, before we have to go, I wanted to see if you had any further comments that you'd like to make. That this is a tremendous opportunity and that the community needs to spread the word. Uh, this is a new, unique moment in, our, in the history of the Northwest, and we should take full advantage of it. And that's exactly why I'm going to dedicate uh, uh, at least 10 minutes or so. We have to uh, the Canada's forum this month, but we're going to dedicate at least 10 minutes uh, for the next three weeks on this program. And then on November 4th, uh, Lanisha, we'll have four. I've set aside 40 minutes uh, of the program dedicated to the 60th commemoration of Dr. King's visit. That's so uh, I'll, I'll be relying on you and staff and Will to give me some, maybe we can get Martin Luther King III on or whoever else you guys would like to have on. And we definitely would like to have a list of the sponsors to acknowledge them for uh, paying, the, uh, paying the freight. So we want to be able to do all that. They will do that on November 4th, okay, yeah, which is two fine. days before the event. So, so Hayward Evans, I want to thank you very much for your participation today. Claude Burfick, I want to thank you. And uh, so you guys check this out the next uh, four weeks. Some, somebody from the committee will be on, and we got the names already. Lanisha, you're very proficient. We have the names of those folks already. But also, uh, we want people to be listening to the candidate forums. We've had some responses already. Uh, we've had one uh, uh, no thank you already, but that wasn't <laughs> what. That, that's not to be a surprise. But anyway, we want to make sure that our community gets a chance to hear who uh, the intents of the people who's going to be representing us. It's like uh, it's kind of amazing that uh, without having affirmative action for 23 years, there was no legislation introduced to reinstate affirmative action. But we got a different way. We're going to have to go back to the sister that's over since we have a real Justice Department now. Uh, there's a sister named Christine Clark. That's the assistant attorney general for civil rights. And so even some members of the Black Caucus don't think we've been treated fairly. So I tell you what, I want to thank all you guys for, for your participation today and whatever I can do to help support Lanisha, you and the committee know. And I just can't thank your staff and your organizing skills enough. You guys are doing a fantastic job. So Claude Burfick, Hayward Evans, Lanisha, Rachel Collins, Will Hauser, thank all you guys. We'll be talking with you soon. Okay. Thank you, Eddie. Thanks so much. Thanks, Hayward. Uh, Thanks, Claude. Okay, and I want to remind everybody that uh, this is the courtesy and sponsorship of the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office with me and Rice and Lawrence Coleman, uh, Sound Transit's uh, Labor and Civil Rights Office, Leslie Jones and John T. Robinson. And I also want to thank uh, Nikki Croxton, too. Uh, Nikki is uh, the supervisor and accounts payable. I want to thank her, too doing some things for me and i also want to thank uh the city of seattle's purchasing and the construction services office and i want to thank uh stephanie Oval for keeping our technology straight i want to thank eric for handling the boards talk to you again next week thank you